Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening and welcome to Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Ryan Shaddy. And I'm Jeff Poling. On tonight's show, we have our featured music and the LGBTQ area event calendar. First, on tonight's show, we will have our monthly news roundtable and a little discussion about this past weekend's Spencer Pride Festival. We will also be discussing what Pride Month means to us. Happy Pride, everyone. Happy Pride, JP. <laughs> Happy Pride, Ryan. What, what a great... Uh, season it is for our LGBT community. Uh, it's our second year with marriage equality as the law of the land. Um, we've got uh, great things going on in our community, whether whether or not we like to think about it <laughs> that way. Um, I want to discuss our first Spencer. You know, our first Pride event of the year was Spencer at Spencer Pride this past weekend. It was, and that was a great time. It it was it was incredible. Um, I understood that they have had record uh, record breaking attendance. Attendance, mm-hmm. right? Do you yep. know what the number was? Well, they never really have an official count. At of these course, things. it's hard to do. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, unless you're going to go up on top of the up <laughs> the, on courthouse. Top of the courthouse dome and <laughs> go around and count everybody one by one, it's, it's a little bit impossible, but. Uh, you know what? Um, th- they say that over 2,000, and I would agree. Okay. I would absolutely that agree. That is the number I heard. That uh, over 2,000 attended this year's Pride, uh, Spencer Pride Festival. You know what that makes it? It makes it the, the uh, it, it doubles that city's population in size. That's what I was just thinking. It's like, um, there aren't that many people in the town to begin with. So. Right. All right, right there in <laughs> on that courthouse, on that courthouse lawn, and... You have people coming from all over the state of Indiana to mm-hmm. Spencer, Indiana. Right. And it is an amazing time to see all of those people come to a friendly, a family-friendly atmosphere. Right. Uh, the kids' zone is, is excellent every single year. Um, they they tend to outdo themselves, in my opinion, yeah. each and every year. Yeah. Every year, every, every so often we get the rain and it's not so good out there. But you know what? A little rain doesn't hurt anything. And then this year... There was no rain. It was a perfect Saturday in June. We were so fortunate. It was a beautiful day. The drag queens did not have to carry umbrellas and dance in their heels. They it, may have needed a little bit of fans, though. <laughs> That's true. It did get a little little warm, but, you know, it's to be expected, I suppose. Uh, the only thing that I regret was that uh, the the uh, dunk tank wasn't available, and I was out there sweating, and I was expecting to get in the dunk tank to cool off. Ryan, I talked to so many people that had money just burning a hole in their pocket so that they could dunk you. I, that's all I'm going to say. That is well, they they can most certainly donate that to, to Spencer Pride if they so choose. That's true. And the and the community center is just rocking. I'm so impressed with they what's had, going on there. They had so many opportunities for raffles uh that I was I was impressed what they had uh in terms of giveaways and raffles and that sort of thing. Um that mm-hmm. it was just a broad array of of 
things that people could uh, put their tickets into. Um, yeah, you know, and and from artists that had had a lot of uh, had a lot of uh, local art there. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. even if you go into the community center, they they have a lot of things for sale uh, at that community center that are just. Spencer and Owen County based and it's pretty impressive that they get that much support mm-hmm. out there. Absolutely. Local artisans that, you know, all over the state of Indiana display beautiful pieces, everything from from glass art to, you know, um apparel and it was it was so impressive to be able to walk through and to see what they've done to that 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 space in just a very short amount of time that tells you all about the um, the volunteers um their energy and how hard they've worked on it and that you know obviously just we we uh we say you know thank you so much for for spencer because it was a wonderful event what a great turnout again and and on top of that, you know, we we sat there at the at the um, blooming out booth, uh, which we were so graciously given, um, and and people would come up and interact with us, and uh, it, it's surprising the amount of people who who go to this festival and where they come from, right. their stories. You know, you heard a couple of stories of people who who just want to be involved in the community and don't necessarily know how to get involved. And Spencer Pride is a great way for that type of outreach yeah yeah spencer is always welcoming um all you know all of the community to to be a part of of what they're doing there which is really impressive jp what does pride month mean to you as a gay man you know pride uh, to me is we have had so many people before us in our community, if you want to call it that, the LGBT, when, when it was, well, they didn't even use letters yeah. back then. You know, it, it was everything from gay and lesbian to, you know, whatever, whatever the terminology was. We had people giving blood, sweat, and tears. And, and to me, it is recognizing all of the the hard work and the the love and just the the effort that all of the activism that has happened before what we're doing now you know they've they've um you know so many people have done so much and and they've gotten us to where we are now exactly and and to me i i look at pride as you know, not only oh yeah yeah I'm I'm proud of of who I am, but also I am proud of my community and what they have done to get me to this point. I am so I'm just so I'm so pleased and I'm 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 so blessed by by the hard work and effort and energy that has been put in to get us to this point. Yeah. You you go back and think about the the history of Pride and and how June became Pride Month. It started with the Stonewall riots, and you know Americans don't don't always create great things, 
but this became a worldwide phenomenon. Sure. It is now in Rio, it's now in Sweden, it's now in, you know, you, you go on and on and on, and there is a pride celebration almost everywhere you go, and it all started right there in New York City. And, and that's, pretty, that's a pretty amazing thing to think, that it was just a bu bunch of drag queens out there uh, and, and, and um, transgender activists. And, exactly. You know, that, that's what I was going to say. What I find so interesting, Ryan, is this, this what is going full circle with the community that we need to support and be behind more than ever because... That community was very, very much a part of, you know, the the building blocks of of um, you know of 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 the Stonewall of of what actually got things got people to 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 take notice, and there was a lot of blood, and there was a lot of of um, you know trauma and and horrible things but there were people there that involved with that that they just knew that that was what was important they they had to make you know what happened happen we have a lot of a, a lot of distance to go here in, in our conversation about about pride and and our rights but man have we made it a long distance since since that time. we we really have ryan and a, a you know, I, my thought is that, you know, please educate yourself as much as possible about where we've come from, what's, what's happened, who has, who has gotten us, help, help us get to this point. Yeah. And, and you go on and, and think about it. I may have just lost my train of thought on this one. I, I had something that was fairly important to this topic to say, and then it just went out the window. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what what I was thinking is about the history. You know, um, there there we aren't always properly schooled in 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 history as it really occurred. We get someone else's version of it. Right. You know, that's what we that's how we've been educated for for whatever reason or you know. But that's why it's important to really find out the the history of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender plus 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 community. And it is a it, it's a continuous fight. And oh, I it light bulb just okay. came back. I love it. I love the light bulb moment. Um but we we go to think that people say well why is there a gay pride? Right. We don't have straight pride. Mm -hmm. You don't live in a world where you're discriminated against because of your sexuality. You don't live in a world where you are are kicked, beaten for being straight. Right. You don't live in a world where it is difficult for you to get housing, to sure. get help. You in could, general, you could be fired from your. You don't live in a world where you could be fired from your job. You know, oh, oh, I see. You're you're dating women and you're a, a man. So, hmm. if, well, we don't really want you here, and so you're fired. So, if you wonder why gay pride is still needed, that is the exact reason it is still needed to this day, is because we still have a long fight to go. It wasn't just about marriage equality. It is about being equal in the rights. In, in in the law's eyes 
all the time and not just the marriage part. Right. Every people way, shape, say, and form. Mm-hmm. People can say, well, you got marriage. Can't you give it up now? And I've heard that argument. <laughs> no, we can't give it up. Not until we are right in the li- eyes of uh, equal in the eyes of the law. Yep. We are going to head to our first music break of the evening before getting back into this discussion in just a few moments. Rising senior Ruby's newest song, Confessa, dives deeper into the nuances of his queer Dominican identity. The song title, a direct translation to confession, is both an invitation and a request to someone across the dance floor to indulge in a fantasy regardless of whether the interaction would be forgotten, he says. Ruby challenged himself to write the song entirely in Spanish, having never done so before. He says he wanted to add to the conversation about what Dominican artists can create and pin an original track he wished he had while growing up. Confessa is without gendered pronouns, something everyone can relate to, he says. In the video for Confessa, Ruby wears a traditional typical Dominican dress, which, is, which his mother brought back for him, and holds the Diablo Coelho's mask throughout a staple in the Dominican ethnic art. The masks are believed to transform someone's spirit and represent higher beings who influence our lives. Where Ruby's look is noticeably femme, the demonic mask takes the form of the masculine. Duality that Ruby knows well. Quote, by wearing the dress, I did not only want to deconstruct notions of masculinity, but situate it within a traditional cultural context, he says. With his latest hit, Confessa, Here is Ruby.
JP, we're back here on Blooming Out on WFHB, and I'm here with Jeff Pulling, and I'm Ryan Shaddy, and we have been discussing a bunch of stuff dealing with pride since it is Pride Month. It is a great month to celebrate being gay. And the last we had talked about um, was how there is there are so many rights that that we should uh, still be fighting for that we still have to be fighting for, and that's why Pride Month is so important to us here right now during the month of June. But one good thing is a, a change of administration in the in the governor's office of, in the state of Indiana um, has brought on uh, some stuff that. You know, Mitch Daniels, I remember when, when he was governor, he had a letter into uh, the Pride programming back then. I, yes. He welcomed mm-hmm. Pride attendees to Indianapolis Pride every year. Sure. That, of course, put a stop when, or, or came to a stop when um, Mike Pence became governor. Uh, this year, um, Governor Holcomb was much more welcoming in his message to the LGBT community. Right. I'm going to read a little bit of what uh, the governor wrote in the festival material that, that, that goes out to each, each other. And, and uh, this is actually his, his letter, and I'm going to read it to you all. It states, Greetings. Welcome to the 2017 Circle City IN Pride Festival. For those of you who traveled from out of state, I know you will enjoy all that Indiana and its capital city have to offer. This year's Circle City Pride Festival includes an interfaith service, Rainbow 5K Run Walk, Pride Skate, Community Picnic, and the very popular Pride Parade, where over 150 faith, corporate, and community groups will participate to show their support for the LGBTQ community. As we continue to grow Indiana's economy, it is important that we always seek to understand and accept individuals, no matter their political affiliation, religion, sex, race, gender identity, sexual orientation, or other difference. Hoosier hospitality means that all are welcomed and valued in our state. Again, welcome to Indianapolis. I hope you enjoy your time here. Governor Eric J. Holcomb. JP, that is such a switch from the previous administration. Yeah. Um, And it is amazing that the, the, the tone that Governor Holcomb sets in that letter while we don't know what his intentions truly are, it's probably to help repair the damage that his predecessor left on our 
go ahead. Good luck. Yeah, it is uh, probably uh, that. That's probably what yeah. he is trying to do. Yeah, we need all the help we can get. It, it's absolutely. It it all went down in flames as far as um, you know, with Pence um, doing so much to sabotage our community. The, the progress of our community. And now he's doing yeah. so at the national level, which we'll get into here in, in just a moment. But what I want to do is take a minute to celebrate the fact that we now have some common sense back as the chief executive of the state of Indiana. And I, I appreciate personally what Governor Holcomb has done here. He, I, he and I may not see eye to eye on, on everything, but most certainly... I am very appreciative of what Governor Holcomb has done at this point with with this and his overall general welcomeness to the LGBTQ community in general. Yes. And this isn't the only time that he has put out overtures to to gain the LGBT community back. So I am I am very, very pleased with this. Yeah, I yeah, I agree, Ryan. Um he welcomes in in great detail um you know everyone that would want to share the experience of the the Circle City IN Pride Festival and and you know telling you exactly what is is going on and and just getting you excited about you know all the different events and it's very much a, a spotlight yeah for for us for our for our community and yeah, you've you've got to be impressed by that. And you know what else he does, which which also impressed me to an extent, is that uh, the governor he he puts in there all of these different groups that the faith, the business community, those are those are really his basis, and he knows that. Sure. He puts those in there in that letter and shows that those people can be welcoming and affirming as well. And mm-hmm. makes a very strong point about um, ab- ab- about how much those also mean, and that how everybody can get along and be welcome. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the, the the fact that he says we always seek to understand and ex- understand, which is a big underline, mm-hmm. and accept individuals, no matter their. And the very first thing is political affiliation, interesting, religion, race, gender identity, sexual orientation, or other difference. I mean, he even, you know, he even includes that, which, you know, it's it's the continuation of the alphabet soup of where we're all one. Um, how nice to, to, to see that. And... And he underlines all are welcomed. It means that all are welcomed and valued in our state. And that that's a big step. That's a really progressive statement coming from a state a, that has had a very Republican, very yes. Republican governor. Right. So, you know, moving on. Yes, Governor Holcomb, you do have a lot of work to do in order to repair the damage that was left by the now vice president. But know that the LGBTQ community is watching you and appreciating the things that you are doing right now. Right. Sure. This this is one good step for more good steps that we, we do want to see out of you. And and you have laid out the welcome mat. Let's see you do even more. Right. Exactly. And that, you know, that 
that is a vast difference between the state at men and and the previous as I as we stated but now this is spilling over into the national government now that president trump is not even going to celebrate pride month this month like the previous administration did for 8 years president obama had pride celebrations in the white house for 8 straight years lit up as many of you remember the white house in rainbow colors on the day that marriage equality was was um, legalized by the supreme court and so many other things that president obama did to reach out to the lgbtq community as many of us know um, president obama didn't always view uh, gay marriage as people like to call it as something that was a right. It, it was, he wanted civil unions, as did Hillary Clinton. They wanted civil unions. They thought that was perfectly fine. President Trump, on the other hand, agreed agreed with, with them in, in that. It needs to be a civil union and that sort of thing. But President Trump also reached out to the LGBT community during his campaign. Mm-hmm. And for him to turn his back on our community after I know he he just wowed some people, is backstabbing, quite honestly. Yeah, it it sure is. Well, when you go as far as to to speak to an anti-LGBT group, right before the National March for Equality Mm -hmm. in D.C., you know what? What kind of message is, are you is that sending? sending? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to read the story for you really yeah. quick. It's from LGBTQ Nation. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember when Donald Trump told people he would do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens from the violence and oppression of the hateful foreign ideology? Believe me. End quote. <laughs> he didn't really say say it in those words, but that's an exaggeration of of what he did say. Now, surprise. Tomorrow, Trump will headline the Road to Majority Conference, an evangelical extremist gathering hosted by the Homophobic Faith and Freedom Coalition. This is in addition to his refusal to issue a proclamation acknowledging June as Pride Month, such as his predecessor did. Right. Other speakers at the conference will include Mike Pence, Ted Cruz, evangelical author James Dobson, homophobes Pat Boone, and Michael Medved. Medved. Uh, that's that's pretty Close Russian enough. to me, um, and fifteen others. Not a single person of color will be speaking at the event. Surprise! I I like your commentary on this story. <laughs> President Trump's <laughs> negligence at the start of Pride Month provided another example that this administration is no friend to the community, says Sarah Kate Ellis, president and CEO of Glad. While the Trump administration tries to systematically erase LGBTQ people and families from the fabric of this nation, LGBTQ Americans and allies must do what we know best this Pride Month. Stay visible and march for acceptance. That That's a good s- statement, Ryan. Um, wow. Do we have a lot to... We have a job to do during Pride. Yes, we have to, you know, we get to celebrate, we get to have fun, we get to do all of that. But we also, we have to stay safe. We have to make sure that the representation that, that we are, that we have is, is a positive, very progressive, you know, representation of our community. Um, and, and it, 
and, and that's also not just our community, but but any peace loving you know person who really feels like there should be no discrimination there should be no anti you know this and anti that as far as our community we all need to come together and that is something that we all need to to keep in mind because there is a lot of extremist very angry um you know, representations out there, um, people who want to just go out and disrupt and cause mayhem and cause, you know, create violence and everything else. And we need to just, you know, try to remember as a community, we're better than that. We don't stand for that. No, not at all. And you you think to, um, you think about all the violence that has upticked since um, the inauguration of, and, and even it was the election of Trump, uh, President Trump that, that brought that all out. And it's hatred from within about not understanding what it truly means to be LGBTQ. Religion has ingrained into the mind, and it doesn't make a difference, uh, you know, if, if, if it's um, Christian, if it's uh, Judaism, if it's if it's um Muslim, it does it does not make a difference. Uh, religion has ingrained this into the mind that homosexuality or any kind of deviance from being a straight cis male or female is wrong. You can't. There is no sexual fluidity. It doesn't exist. They don't think it exists. They don't want to believe it exists. Although I guarantee you that at one point or another, these people have questioned their own sexuality in their own life. Of course. Of and course. they are afraid to face that one way or another. Um, the problem arises when you've got a group of people who want to afflict violence on another group of people at all costs and want to go back to the good old days when white men were the ruling class. And that's what and that's what we're seeing is um, th- this is a day where so many different people, whether it be women, whether it be an African-American person, whether it be a gay person, they're, they're get, or, a, or even an Asian person, are getting a one-up on the white straight man that the white straight man wants to fight back. And that is, that's what is truly going on. It, they, are watching, um, they are watching this really... Yeah, unfold in front of them, and they don't know what to do about it. And right. I understand that. I get that because I am a white man, not a straight white man, but I am a white man. I, sure. you know, you can see that. You can understand it. Yeah, we 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 should all be pride of who or proud of who we are, of of what we are, and accept and embrace embrace, um, not tolerate, embrace everyone's differences, no matter what, mm-hmm. every single time. And it is so important for us to understand as a community what it means to be prideful. And that doesn't mean violence. That right. doesn't mean right. outrage. It means put your put your efforts into making this world a better place by showing other people that being LGBTQ is not a big sin, is not a problem. 
on on them. Yeah, right. And what, be right. out and proud. Right, exactly. Stay visible and march for acceptance. We are, it's time for the top of the hour with Jesse. You're listening to listener-supported WFHB broadcasting in Bloomington, Bedford, Ellettsville, and Nashville. Community radio for South Central Indiana and online at WFHB.org. Right now, it's 76 degrees Fahrenheit in Bloomington. It looks like the next few days are going to get hotter and hotter. High of 82 tomorrow on Friday, 86 on Saturday, 89 on Sunday, and 90 on Monday with lows of 60 every night. Now back to Blooming Out on WFHB. Well, we'd like to take our second music break of the evening. Uh, New York-based indie rock singer-songwriter Torres, the moniker for Mackenzie Scott, is back with a new song called Skim. The song explores Scott's experience of power dynamics in her relationships with women, and the accompanying video shows her coolly playing bass and mouthing the lyrics as she strolls down a long hallway with arms reaching out of doorways to grab at her. Scott sings about he and his authority, and you know, or at least can imagine, that she lost her girl to some kind of rage-inducing male influence. From Torres, here is Skim.
For WFHB and Blooming Out comes from the back door, downtown's Bloomington's queerest bar, dance club, and venue. From live bands and DJs to drag shows and karaoke, there's something for everyone every day of the week. The back door is located at 207 South College in the alley behind, behind Atlas Bar. For more information on Facebook or online at bckdoor.com. Blooming Out is also supported by the Cory Lands Men Chorus, Bloomington's premier chorus for gay, bi, and trans men, and their allies. More information about that group can be found at their website, coryland.com. Now back to Blooming Out here on WFHB. JP, it's been a, a great conversation thus far about um, not only how far we've come, but how far we have yet to go. Um, the state has been doing better lately under the leadership of Governor uh, Eric Holcomb. Uh, the national government, obviously, not so much under the leadership of of yes. Donald Trump and, and Mike Pence in terms of LGBTQ equality um, and moving that on. But one thing that we have yet to talk about, and, and I think we've touched on it a little bit, is um, the Education Secretary, Betsy DeVos, uh, keeps on doing stuff that that maybe she shouldn't <laughs> and in this community it became a big deal uh when when um in senate testimony a couple of weeks ago uh lighthouse christian academy came up as as one of the uh targets of that discussion right um i want to read just a little bit about what happened this last tuesday in a uh, another tense senate hearing and this is from mother jones Uh, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos again wouldn't commit to stripping federal funding from private schools that discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation, saying it was an issue for the Congress and the courts to settle. Uh, DeVos's comments echoed what she said in a House hearing in May when she notably refused to say whether federal dollars would be pulled from schools that discriminate against LGBT students. She said at the time that states and local communities would be best equipped to make decisions and framework on behalf of their students. But DeVos's arguments didn't satisfy Senator Jeff Merkley, who argued Wednesday that federal civil rights, rights laws that protect LGBT students can be somewhat foggy. Federal laws protect students from being discriminated against based on race, color, national origin, disability, or gender, but the courts have yet to decide whether those protections explicitly include LGBT students. 
In response, DeVos repeated a line she used throughout the hearing, that schools receiving federal funding needed to follow the law. She then added that when federal law is unsettled, it's left to Congress and the Supreme Court to decide where LGBT students fall under civil rights protections. Merkley, however, wasn't satisfied. Quote, I think it's important for the public to know that today the Secretary of Education, before this committee, refused to affirm that she would put forward a program that would ban discrimination based on LGBTQ status of students or ban discrimination based on religion, he said. That's not what I said, DeVos shot back. Discrimination in any form is wrong. The back and forth came in a Senate Appropriations Subcommittee hearing during which DeVos faced pushback from Democrats and Republicans over the president's proposal to slice $10.6 billion from the Education Department's budget. JP, this is ridiculous. First off, $10.6 billion. From, don't get me started on the LGBTQ yet. Right. Let's talk we'll about the 10 point. Yeah, yeah we will. <laughs> Let's talk about the $10.6 billion that... that uh, that the budget is going to strip from public schools or the edu- education department's budget. That is a lot of money. You want to build a wall on the Mexican border that will cost over the amount that this budget for the education department. He is stripping these key departments and key funding to build a wall that divides people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or isn't that something? Or or whatever he wants to use it for, basically, which you know, whoever wants to uh, support what he's doing will will make sure that you know that that those funds do come from uh, wherever they need to come from to be able to take care of that agenda, that particular agenda. Why would you support stripping $10.6 billion from your child's education? Obviously, Mm -hmm. it it comes down to fractions of cents at the end of the day for each individual family. Uh, Maybe fractions of dollars, but uh, you get the point. Why would you want to strip $10.6 billion out of the education budget? and affect your child's education, no matter where they go, whether it's going to these these vouchers that are going to schools that they shouldn't be to, no matter um, if it's going to public school. Are we at the point where we it is time for us um, to look the, the federal government in the face and say, listen, you're stripping us down to bots because mm-hmm. you are just teaching us to test. You are not teaching us to critically think. You are not teaching us to understand you want us to understand what's on this test and that's it you want us to become bots and that is what's happening when you take 10.6 billion dollars out of the education department's budget it's criminal in my opinion then we get to the fact on top of that that you are your your education secretary continues to discriminate against LGBTQ people and the reason for it is because it's not written into any law. Well, you know where it should go. It should go with the race, religion, national origins, blah, 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 section that is already in that. Do not wait until the courts say do this. 
This needs done now. And it doesn't make a difference what the states or the courts say. This is up to the federal government to protect all individuals, and it does not matter what. At all times. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, it's, it is exactly the opposite of what we were told was going to happen, as in just about every policy decision from this administration. President Trump was adamant that he was going to be the bestest friend to every LGBTQ person in the world during his administration. And he goes and turns his back on that community the minute that he steps foot into the White House by appointing people who have our best interest not in mind. Right. And if you believe for a second that he still has our best interest in mind, you need to look again and figure out what it is in your mind that says that because it's wrong. And I will sit there and I will tell you that every day of, of, of your life and for as long as you live. You are wrong about this. Well, the discrimination in any form is wrong statement coming from DeVos just um, angers me, to, to say the least, uh, because that's exactly what's happening. And so it's, it is basically the farthest from the truth and the responsibilities that that uh, leader is supposed to be, you know, holding. Yeah. And we've, we've got a long way to go in this. But meanwhile, you've got countries such as Canada who uh, raise a pride flag on, on Parliament Square for, uh, for Pride Month. And then even Detroit now is getting into festivities when, when we talk about uh, people rise, raising flags. From Fox to Detroit, the city of Detroit is displaying its support for the gay community during LGBT Pride Month. Detroit Police Chief James Craig and the department's LGBT liaison officer were on hand to raise the flag in Hart Plaza for the first time ever on Tuesday. The Motor City Pride Festival will happen this weekend, June 10th through 11th. Every year, it draws between draws more than 30,000 people to celebrate the community and encourage unity. In Detroit, we work hand-in-hand hand with our community, always reaching out to let the community know we're here for them and that they should have an ear and a shoulder. Their concerns and any crimes against them will be taken seriously and will be prosecuted to the highest degree, says Officer Danny Woods up front with the Detroit Police Department. Pride grows out of communities. It grows out of communities like Bloomington, like Indianapolis, out of Detroit and Chicago. It grows out of New York City. It grows out of Spencer, Indiana. Pride and acceptance comes from these places that, that do accept us and do want us to be around and do want us to be involved members of the community. What is really important to note is that that is not reflected at the national level right now. And this needs to be a conversation that our federal government needs to have with one another, with their colleagues, uh, with, whether it's a Democratic colleague or a supportful Repu supportive Republican colleague. These are the conversations that need to be that that need to happen with these folks. It is these local conversations that continue to this day that make people more and more supportive. It doesn't always come out in what they vote for. 
It doesn't always come out in what they their in, in their actions. But at the end of the day, if you take the time and you have changed the hearts and the mind of one person, you have done a great job, <laughs> a great job today. And it, you know what they're going to do? They're going to raise their family to be welcoming and, and supportive of all individuals. Right. Whether or not we see this petulant federal government of ours do the same thing. Right. It's, it's important to keep in mind that all over the country and all over the world, there are going to there are pride festivals happening every single weekend every single week and everyone i mean like we just said motor city pride festival happening this weekend the same weekend as the uh, circle city you know in pride in the national equality march right uh, dc you know motor city's 30,000 people i have no idea what dc is indianapolis tends to get over 50,000 so okay. you know all of that's happening and it's such a disconnect a disconnect from on the from the federal level of of what's happening it it's it's the cities it's the states that are you know having these these pride festivals and these celebrations and it's it's so disconnected from you know the the government you know of of their the country and that that's something that we just need to keep in mind because it, it to me it's kind of weird that's almost like yes we're we're moving so forward and growing and all of that but in the same time we're also, but oh, but we have to keep in mind that we aren't supported by our own federal government. Exactly. And it, there is a there is a huge disconnect right now between what the people are feeling um, locally in, in communities throughout the world, whether it's through the Paris Climate Agreement, whether it's LGBTQ issues. There is a disconnect between what the local people are saying and what they are hearing in Washington. Yeah, I think just the people... If you just use the term the people, it's so disconnected and so opposite in many ways. We're going to get to this last story here really quick from uh, the the Poughkeepsie Journal. Governor Andrew Cuomo in New York has reshaped the Court of Appeals, New York's highest state court. Tongue twister there. Appointing all seven of its members over his first six years in office. Now, the untimely death of Judge Sheila Abdus Salam means Cuomo will appoint a judge to the court for the eighth time. And the latest slate of candidates has given Cuomo the, has given Cuomo the opportunity to do something no New York governor has done before, appoint an openly LGBT member. Last week, the State Commission on Judicial Nomination presented Cuomo a slate of seven candidates for the Court of Appeals vacancy. Of those, two are openly gay. Rosalind Richter and Paul Feynman, Associate Justices in the Appellate Division, the state's mid-level appeals court. Five gay members of the state legislator wrote to Cuomo Tuesday arguing New York is past due for an LGBT justice on on its high court. Both Justice Feynman and Justice Richter are seasoned jurists who are, are highly regarded by practitioners, their peers, and the LGBT community, the lawmakers wrote either would be a superlative addition to the Court of Appeals. Both are first-time nominees for the Court of Appeals and have lengthy legal careers, according to biographies provided by the Commission. Both have been active members in LGBT causes, according to their biographies. 
Feynman was the president of the International Association of Lesbian and Gay Judges from 2008 through 2011, while Richter serves on the board of the Richard C. Fala LGBTQ Commission. This is a this is a great opportunity for um, somebody who has nominated every single state um, jurist right now on this on this court of appeals uh, to do something historic in that state. And no, the, the folks, it isn't important if there is an LGBTQ person on on that board. It is about merit, and it is about how well they are going to fill that uh, what they are going to do. Would it be wonderful? if an LGBTQ person was on this appellate court. Absolutely. But it is not necessarily, uh, it's not necessary if Governor Cuomo does that. But Mm -hmm. it's a great opportunity for him to do so. But Governor Cuomo, you should absolutely pick them on merit and not because of their race, their their ethnic uh, background, their religious orientation, their sexual orientation, or their gender identity. But you know what the right thing is, you'll do it. That is all the time we have for today's discussion, and uh, we look forward to next month when I'm sure we will have another uh, long discussion about the topics that are going on in the LGBTQ community here uh, in Bloomington and in the nation in general. It is time for our final music break of the evening. I Love McConnell released a surprise seven-track EP called Fun Summer Volume 1. The Gay Rappers Project was announced over Instagram with the caption, quote, new vibes. And it appears he's taking that concept to heart since he deleted all of his previous posts and has his bio set as new McKinnon. McConnell has also asked listeners to name their favorite new song of the set in the comments. And upon scouring the reactions, it seems Dark Blue and Kiss For Me are the early frontrunners for new summer jams both songs about young love and parties. It's interesting how much McConnell talks about girls on his new release when earlier this year he came out as gay, saying, quote, as a fashion icon, I can't tell you about everybody else's closet. I can only tell you about mine. And it's time I've come out. And since y'all love breaking news, here's some old news to break. I'm gay. And now I've told you about my life. Maybe you can live, go live yours, end quote. With Kiss For Me. Here is McConnell.
To finish out tonight's show, it's time for your weekly LGBTQ plus area event calendar. HIV testing will continue to be provided by PositiveLink throughout the summer on the first and third Thursday of each month at the LGBTQ plus cultural center. This free confidential 20-minute testing can be scheduled by contacting the LGBTQ plus culture center. An IU staff member is forming a meetup group open to Bloomington area LGBTQ plus adults of all ages. If you're in town and would like to join like-minded folks for fun social activities, learn more by visiting www.meetup.com, Bloomington LGBTQ Social Meetup. The Circle City IN Pride Parade and Festival in Indianapolis is on June 10th. The day's festivities begin at 12 p.m. and last until 11 p.m. at a new location, Historic Military Park near the IUPUI campus. The parade will begin at 10 a.m. and it will keep its former route, so you don't have to change locations for the parade. You're still set there. The Equality March for Unity and Pride will be held in Washington, D.C. this Saturday, uh, or rather this Sunday, uh, June 11th. So get out to D.C. and March for Pride. The annual Kentuckiana Pride Parade and Concert will take place on Friday, June the 16th. The gates open at 6 p.m. with the parade beginning at 7 p.m. That is, of course, in Louisville. Full entertainment, ticket information, and sponsors can be found at kypride.com festival. Big Brothers Big Sisters of South Central Indiana will celebrate their grand opening at a new location on June 20th. The ribbon-cutting ceremony will be between 4 and 6 p.m. Light refreshments will be provided. Bloomington Pride Fest will be a day-long celebration on Kirkwood Avenue on Saturday, August the 26th. Note the new name, as this was the previous Bloomington Pride Summerfest. So it is now the Bloomington Pride Fest. It's on Kirkwood Avenue, which it, last year was the first year of that. And this year, it's on Saturday, August the 26th. Each year, it gets bigger and bigger, and we are so proud to have this in our community. More information can be found on Facebook. We're expecting 10,000 people, festival goers this year at Pride Fest. So awesome. What a great way to kick off the school year. That is all the time we have for this evening. We would like to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you are interested in volunteering here at WFHB or for our show, contact volunteer at WFHB.org. You can also call us at 812-323-1200, tweet us at BloomingOutWFHB, visit our Blooming Out Facebook page, or find us on Instagram. The executive producer of Blooming Out is Joe Crawford. The producer is Ryan Shaddy. The associate producer and music procurer is Grace Thumser. Our board engineer is Jesse Grubb. Finally, our theme music is an original composition produced for Blooming Out by Aaron Gage. For Blooming Out and Jeff Pulling, I'm Ryan Shaddy. Please tune in again next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. and visit us online at bloomingout.com. Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus radio program, airs every Thursday evening here on WFHB at 5.30 p.m. You can also stream us 24 hours a day, seven days a week on WFHB.org or BloomingOut.com. Thank you for listening. Please tune in again next week to Blooming Out. Blooming Out.